We are uh, in a series called Rooted, and um, if you remember when we first started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, being rooted in Christ and, and the blessings, the, the, the outcome of that. And then more importantly, I guess, or no, I shouldn't say more importantly, but in addition to that, the characteristics that we take on as we stay rooted in Christ, and one of the first ones we talked about was gratitude. And when we when we are we we uh, use the Colossians chapter two verses six and seven, it says, "Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with gratitude." And so uh, we we talked about that overflowing with gratitude and what that looks like and how that is that characteristic that that. That, that becomes part of us and how the world sees that. And it's something that is, is very uncharacteristic of, of which we live in the world we live in. And so as we become overflowing with gratitude, it has this profound impact upon our lives as well as the lives around us. And last week on Easter, we talked about uh, being rooted in Him and this deep, this deep-founded love that we, that we encounter uh, in Christ and, and how God loved the world uh, beyond all things and, ha- and through that, the, 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 the various truths that come out of that and how we embrace those. Today, we're going to look at another, uh, we're going to look at another characteristic and it's, it's, it's about faith. Being rooted in Christ and, and it says, and established in the faith. In Hebrews 11.6, if you want to turn there with me, I'm using the uh, HSB translation. But in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, verse, that verse, it says this. <clears throat> now without faith, and by the way, chapter 11 we could call the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith chapter. Uh, and when we read chapter 11 of Hebrews, it's just... Uh, people listed right after one another about the faith that they had in God and, and the implications of that faith. And, uh, and, and we just see this incredible picture of men and women who, who, uh, uh, who did astounding things because of the faith that they had in God. And God was able to do astounding things uh, through them. And it says in 11.6, it says, Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to Him must believe that He exists and rewards those who seek Him. And so the, the author of Hebrews is saying, man, when you don't even have faith, it's impossible. You can't please God. This faith is something that, that is what pleases God. It's, it, there's, there's different components of it. The, 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 it's just what pleases, pleases God. And so this morning I want to take a look at a couple of those things. Number one, I want to look at faith is believing even, even when we don't see it. I mean, that's really kind of faith, right? In fact, in verse 1, of that same chapter in Hebrews, it says this, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof, the proof of what is not seen. So faith is the reality, the picture. that We're able to see things of what is hoped for, and it's the proof of what is not seen. Now, faith is visualizing the future and the present is what it's doing. Faith is seeing something that's not there, but we believe 100% that it's going to be there, that it is. It's seeing in advance. And there's this principle found in all the world, in all the world right now, in our world, regardless of whether a person is a Christian or not, there's this thing that, that sweeps about that you experience on a daily basis, that I experience on a daily basis, that we are tempted with at times because it's around us and it's saturated in our world. And it's the thought that says this. I'll believe it when I what? See it. I'll believe it when I see it. And some of good Christians will even throw that out there. I'll believe it when I see it. 
Faith seems to indicate something differently. Faith saying, no, you see it before you. I mean, you, 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 you believe it before you even see it. And God says, you know, there are things you have to just believe in before you can see it. You know, and here's the interesting part. There are different individuals within our culture that may not even be Christ followers, but there's different professions, we could say, that, that grasp this concept. If you think about architects, they see something, or they believe in something before they see it, right? I mean, that's kind of how they execute it. They have this picture, they believe in it, they believe it's going, you know, they, they, believe, they believe so much in it, they execute it, they put it into place, and it becomes a reality. In different professions, various d- different professions, architects, artists, um, scientists, and athletes. Athletes will often see something uh, or believe in something before they see it. That's what spurs them on. That's what makes them do things that, 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 that may not be, that what other may say, well, that's just unattainable. Whereas an athlete will put it to the test and say, no, I believe in it, and I believe I can do it, and I'm going to work towards that and make it happen. Now, one of my hobbies that I love to do is photography. And one of the things I like about photography, is, or there's a certain part of photography uh, that I think is really, really cool, and I would, I would like to do it, but I don't think I would have the nerve to do it. But I love looking at other images, and that's called adventure photography. And I remember back in the day, I got into a photo, adventure photographer. Uh, his name was, was Galen Rao. And he was like a mountain climber and all these other things. And he, as he would climb mountains like Everest and a lot, you know, Yosemite and those types of uh, mountains, he would document it with his camera. And I was just, it was just absolutely fascinating to me in fact he would document other people climbing uh say like on the wall or whatever climbing uh the mountain that would be on his team he would document uh those things and it was just a perspective that you don't necessarily see from the ground right i mean you're you're seeing someone that's suspended in midair uh climbing these things well i that's been an interest of mine i love that and so not too long ago i started watching some stuff on uh i think it was netflix or something i watched this uh, show called maru and Maru was about this mountain, and if you're familiar with it, it was a mountain in India, and it had never been climbed. It was this, uh, this face of a mountain they call it the Shark's Fin, and it had never been climbed, and so I kind of got into it, and there's this photographer by the name of Jimmy Chin, who is an uh, adventure photographer, and he actually filmed this movie, and I got sucked into it. And I'll never forget, I'm, I was sitting there with my iPad, I was laying in bed, I don't know if you've ever done this, but I was kind of laying in bed, and I have my earbuds in and have the iPad right here, and I'm telling you what, I'm in this thing. To the point where I'm watching this, this them climb Maru, and, uh, and I'm like, my palms are starting to sweat, and my feet are starting to sweat, and I'm, I'm getting nervous. And then I started watching something else, and it was called, I think Jeff saw some of this too, it was, uh, they put together this film, and it was the 50 years of climbing in Yosemite. And I started watching this stuff, and I'm like, holy cow, this is intense. But I want to show you something. I want to show you an individual that definitely believes before he sees it. And this is a quick little clip of someone who's into free soloing, which means they don't use any ropes or anything. And I want you to take a look at this uh, climber by the name of Alex Honnold and what he did as he believed before he saw So if you go ahead and run that. So in terms of free soloing, undoubtedly 
the greatest free soloist that ever lived is this kid, Alex Honnold. Um, pretty quiet, uh, grew up in the suburbs of Sacramento, and he pretty much, you know, you think next generation and next generation, what are people going to do? Well, he's kind of skipped a generation and um, started soloing things that were uh, unthinkable. I'm going to play a quick little uh, video from uh, about Alex. Free soloing has to be the ultimate in free climbing. It's always a beautiful day to go out soloing. To free solo is to go without a rope, and to go without gear, to only have your rock shoes and your chalk bag and the power of mind. It's also very profound. <laughs> reason it's probably the ultimate is, is one wrong move, you fall, you die. Yeah, let me try that again. And the person at the top of this game, and it's hard to even call this a game, is Alex Honhold. Alex Honhold is probably a perfect example. He is someone who's not only trained very hard, but is unbelievably gifted. He is like Michael Jordan. spend my whole year living in the van, traveling from one destination to another. Yeah, I would say that Yosemite probably is the center of my climbing, that all my climbing goals, all like training, all kind of revolves around things that I want to do in Yosemite. This is by far my favorite place for soloing because the walls are so inspiring, like everything here is so big, and that's like what gets me excited about soloing stuff. One of the most memorable moments was pitch like 22 of the nose. I put my rope away and I switched to soloing. I just had a moment of like, this is like surreally cool. I was like, I can't believe I'm up here with no rope just climbing, like this is rad. Now Alex has now done the regular route on Half Dome free solo. So for most people on this planet who are serious climbers, doing Half Dome in a day or two is considered fantastic. Alex did it in three hours without a rope. You know, you commit, you're like, I'm doing this, here I go. But then after like a couple hours of being all committed, you're like, man, I'm tired. And like, you know, your, your mind starts to get a little bit tired. And so I kind of stalled out and then I started to doubt if I was doing it right or if I had the right holds. Why am I even here? You know, do I want to do this? Uh, Just come back if you're not feeling it. Well, that's the thing is I'm like, and that stalled him out, that paralyzed him. And then he overcame it. He didn't work that route a hundred times. He just got up below it, looked up at it, and believed, absolutely believed, that it was well within his ability. And then it seems like in this last season, I've sort of embraced the whole experience, you know, embraced the unpleasant parts too. It's kind of cool to just look around and, you know, enjoy the exposure, be like, this is why I'm here, like, this is awesome. Okay, can I ask a question? Are your palms sweating? Are you kidding me? 3,000 feet, he climbs up the sheer face of El Capitan. No ropes. Rock shoes and chalk. That's it. 
I was watching that, and it, it just, my mind is just, just continues to, even now when I watch this, my mind just continues to race how anybody could do that. Now, some of us would say, that's absolutely insane. I would never do that. I get that. I understand where you're coming from. But he has. And if you heard the one guy, he says, he, Alex has never done this a hundred times. He just jumps on it and goes because of what? He believes that he can do it. There's no point in there. You saw a point where he started kind of second-guessing, right? And it said that fear just kind of consumed him. And I'm thinking, holy cow, it took that to get there where fear would, <laughs> would over-consume you? I'm like, it's just insane. But, you know, one of the things he said, which I thought was kind of interesting, was when people keep asking him, you know, you could, you could die from this. Why do you keep doing this? And he said, you know what? And this is interesting, kind of interesting little thing. He says, you know what? My father died with a heart attack because of the way he ate and his sedentary uh, lifestyle. He said, why is that not considered a risk? Why is, why is what I do considered more of a risk? I could probably give a couple reasons, but he does kind of have a little bit of a point there. But that's not, I'm not here to promote Alex Honnold. I'm just saying this is an individual, an athlete, who sees something or doesn't really, he sees it in his mind, but he believes before. That's what faith, now, now again, when we talk about faith, we're talking about our faith in God. We're talking about there's times where God calls us to do something, God leads us, uh, God, you know, whatever it is, uh, the Holy Spirit moves within us. Uh, there's things that we don't see, but believe, having faith means that we believe it. We, we, we kind of see it because in, in the recesses of our heart, in, our, in the trust that we have in Christ, we see it, but we believe it and we act upon it. That's what faith is. And that's what pleases God, is that we trust God implicitly in that. That we don't have to, to see everything up close and, and, and everything kind of roll out before we take action. It's being rooted in our faith and believing before we actually see it. The second one is this, faith is obeying beyond comprehension. You know, and in this passage of Scripture, in verse 7, uh, the author gives us two individuals, Noah and Abraham, right? In verse 7 it says, By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen, and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You, you've read the story, I'm sure, You've probably read the story back in Genesis where he's called to, to build this ark. God's gonna, God regrets that he created man. If you remember, God was very disturbed. Man had become man, and when I say man, I'm talking about mankind. I'm talking about everybody, right? Everybody at that time had just become evil in his sight. And, and God says, enough, I'm going to wipe it out. And he says, well, I'm going to preserve some. And so he goes to Noah and he says, I want you to build an ark, which, I mean, if you could, Noah would be like, what, what the heck is an ark, you know? And so God gives him these blueprints of what he wants him to build, and he says, I'm going to flood the earth. What's interesting, if we study that whole thing, and you, you've probably read it before too, it had never rained up until that point. It was still, you know, we read in Genesis when God created the earth, there was like this, it was kind of like this, uh, ter- remember those terrariums? Weren't they called terrariums when we were kids? 
where you would kind of put things in it and then cover it and it would kind of just grow. You know, things would just kind of grow. That's kind of how the earth was at that time. And God had not put an age span on, on mankind. Uh, people were living to be very, very old. Uh, through this time, he narrowed that down to 120 years. But, but it says that the ground kind of just uh, moisture, whatever, condensation, whatever you want to call it, would kind of nurture the earth or whatever. There wasn't rain. There wasn't storms as we experienced them, experienced them whatsoever. There wasn't like you know rainstorms and stuff, but it was just uh, being nurtured from within. And God says, I'm going to make this, I'm going to flood this place. Noah had to step out. And, and really act upon his faith. And I love the way the trans, this translation says it. It says um, that after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear. I love that. And I think that godly fear is this, this sense of aweness of God, knowing that God is God. And so he speaks into Noah. Now, if you were his family, could you imagine what that would have been? kind of been like you know kind of fielding some of the questions from the neighbors and other kids in school like what your what your dad was up to and uh, and those kind of things i think a lot of times as i said before i think we glamorize scripture i think we look at those stories and say man those are awesome but yet when god tries to move us a little bit at times in faith it's like you know what i can't comprehend this so i'm struggling god can you give me something else to go on can you give me more pieces of the puzzle but that's not what noah did in fact that's not what abraham did and, and, and time and time again, we see God moving within individuals' lives that, didn't, that was beyond their comprehension, had no clue what this really was about, but God was giving them a peace, and, and, and they moved, they acted upon it. Their faith moved beyond comprehension. The next thing is this, faith never quits. Faith never gives up, it never quits. It persists even when we don't feel like it. Faith continues that's when we become tenacious. That's when we have this, this strong drive. To, you know, our faith is what pushes through. It's our, you know, it's, 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 we, it just pushes through. You know, we live, again, in a culture that, that, again, has some things that competes with this. Number one, have you heard, or I shouldn't say number one, but have you heard, and we, I, you hear this, I think, a lot. It says this, if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. Now we'll tack on, and if it doesn't hurt anybody else, right? If it feels good, do it. What happens if it doesn't feel good? How many times have you talked to someone, and you said, man, I need you, and, and literally, we're not putting anything out there that's so grandiose, right? We're just saying, we're just presenting something very small to someone, and you kind of get this, yeah, I don't feel like it right now, right? And so, if I, you don't feel like it, we just don't do it, right? I mean, I wonder how many... Of us have done that at times, like, yeah, I don't, I'm not getting it, man. I just, I'm not feeling it, man. I just, I, you know, you know, that can over, that can really play a, a big role in our lives at times. Faith does, is not based upon feelings. Faith is not based upon uh, about, you know, whether we feel like doing it, feel good about it or not. Faith persists. Faith gets entrenched in the truth, and there's times where it doesn't feel right doing things, but we do it anyhow. There's times where we sit down, you know, someone that is walking really close with God knows what it means to spend really quality time with God. They invest in their relationship. They, they want to be, they want to have this close, uh, intimate relationship with God. And so they invest in it through prayer, through the reading of scripture, through spending time with God. Some of us that kind of get through in our days, we're like, yeah, I just don't feel like it this morning. Kind of like, kind of like exercising. Yeah, I don't know about this morning. You know, and so we check it off. But but faith never quits. Faith 
faith is persistent. It moves on. Listen to what, what, listen to what it says about uh, uh, this persistence through the life of Moses. In verse 27 of Hebrews, it says this, referring to Moses, By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. You know, the very interesting thing about Moses, when you study that whole story where God says, I want you to go to Pharaoh, right? I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Do you know how many times that happened? That didn't happen one time, did it? It did not happen one time. He went to Pharaoh multiple times. Do you know what God told him when he was going to go to Pharaoh? God said this to Moses. Oh, BTW, by the way, he's not going to let it happen. Now I'm thinking, okay. At what point you say, you know what, God, let's have a little conversation. Why are we even doing this then? Isn't this, isn't this a bit futile? You know, you know? Isn't this kind of spinning our wheels? Why are we even doing that to begin with? Moses, his faith persisted. God told him to do this, and he went. God told him to go in front of the Pharaoh and say, I want you to let my people go, knowing full right that Pharaoh was not going to let God's people go. But that's how you get there. That's how you persist. You begin to see the invisible. You begin to have this deep faith, you know, and that moves you, that gives you this tenacity, and you see what God can do in your life. You know, even though you may not be able to technically see God, you see God. And you begin to act upon that and have the faith, this characteristic of this, this deep-rooted faith that moves you in the direction even when you feel, don't feel like you're really into it. One of the next things is this about faith that pleases God is this. Faith gives even when it's not there. And this really comes down to giving and faith go together, right? This is when God, when God tests us with our finances. Now, I'm not preaching a message. Don't walk out here saying, oh, there's another message browbeating on tithing. Maybe, maybe you do need to take it that way. I don't know. But I do know this. There's time where God tests you with your finances. There's times where God puts you in a test that says, who are you going to trust? Your logic, your emotions, or my faith, or faith in me? Who are you going to trust when it comes to that? And many times we can be tested by Him. It's a test of our priorities. It's a test of our love. It's the, one of the most important, it's um, one, of the, one, of, one of the most important tests that we have within our faith. Does God, is God really going to provide for me? Is God really going to meet my needs? How about this? How about when we're faced with a decision that says this, I can either pay this bill or I can tithe. What do we do? Some would be very quick, and I'm not, this is is, is all on you guys, right? I'm in this with you. God comes and he's, you know, we're presented with that situation. What do we do? We can go with complete logic that says, you know what, I don't have the money. And so what it kind of comes down to, it comes down to a couple different things here. It comes down, uh, again, between this tension of logic and emotion and, and about reason or revelation. Reason says, yeah, the numbers don't add up. So, yeah, I, this is going to, I can't do this. Now, over here, we could go with complete, you know, you know kind of go with them, or stay over here with the emotion, this, this emotion and re- emotion and logic that says it just, it just doesn't feel right. I don't think I can do this because what? We become scared to death, right? And some of us say, well, no, there's no really any fear to it. It's just logically, it's not there. That's the test. God will place us in different tests 
with our finances at times to, to, to see how we're going to react. You know, actually, he already knows how we're going to react, but it's a test for us. How are we going to move through this? Do we truly trust in God? Do we believe that God is in control? Do we believe that God is going to meet our needs? We say that we follow Christ. We say that it's all about bringing God glory, but sometimes our faith doesn't match that. Listen to what it says in verse 4 about this concept of giving, even when it's not. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. Now, when we look at that, it's simply this. Abel didn't know what to offer God. Abel didn't know. It, and it's not, the, it's not really so much the sense of what it is, but it's how we do it. Abel offered with this sense of trust, with this sense of faith. He, he knew and wanted to do this, and so this is what he did. He offered, his, he offered a sacrifice to God. And so many times, again, we can be in this crux of either reason or revelation. Reason requires no faith at all. It just says, you know, again, logically, we're not going to do this. How can I afford it? It's not going to take place. I've got bills to be paid. I've only got a certain amount that just doesn't add up. It requires no faith at all. Revelation, on the other hand, requires faith. It's not asking, should I do this? It's asking how much. It's going to God and saying, God, I believe that, that you're in control of all things. I believe that my life is in your hands. I believe that everything I have is of yours anyhow. And so God, let me just throw it out there. How much? What is it do you want me to do? And Revelation steps out in faith and says, this is what I'm doing. It may not make sense, but this is what I'm doing. And that's what giving does. It stretches our faith. The next one, or the last one I want to share with you is this. Faith trusts, and it should say I have an S there, faith trusts beyond answers. Faith trusts beyond answers. There t- and it kind of goes with that whole comprehension, uh, I think the comprehension. But there's times where we just don't have the, the, the answers for certain things. Or, or we pray about something and we just don't seem to get an answer. And we pray and pray and pray. Some of us have been praying for certain things in our lives for years. Some of us are sitting in here this morning, we're still waiting for that answer, for a prayer that we've been throwing out there to God for years. Some of us, some of us are sitting in here this morning, and truth be known, we're kind of discouraged and we're kind of frustrated because we've been praying about this and we read passages of Scripture that says, you know, the, your faith is what will happen and so you believe, your faith is what makes it happen and so you put, put your faith out there but yet you still don't see it or it comes back in a completely different type of answer. Listen to what verses 39 and 40 says. It says this, All these were approved through their faith but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us they didn't know the answer they were praying one way but they didn't know the answer they didn't get to see certain things everyone listed in this chapter didn't get to see the end result of jesus coming of jesus being the one the messiah coming they didn't get to see that but somehow they had the faith and they knew that jesus that something about was going to happen and 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 even though they get to see it they knew something was going to take place Faith goes beyond answers. Even when our prayers may not get answered in, in, the, con, in the time frame uh, or even the context of which, in which um, we may be praying about them. The other day I was, uh, saw something come up on my Facebook and it was from an a, a individual that I knew 
a guy that I knew back in high school, I graduated with. And apparently, and he still lives in West Virginia and with his family, and he shot something across Facebook and he said, hey, if you guys, anybody gets a chance to check out this video, I want you to check out my son and his wife, and this is the video they played at their church, uh, you know, on Easter. Uh, and uh, it was, a vid- you know, kind of a video of redemption and things like that. So I thought, yeah, that's cool. And so I, I played it, and I was just absolutely bowled over. I mean, I was just moved beyond tears. This video was about his son who, growing up, got involved with alcohol, got involved with drugs, became addicted, all those things, went down the complete opposite path of who the family was in which he came from. And so this video just showcased him and his wife or, 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 or told the story of him and his wife coming to the redeeming powers of Jesus Christ to pull them out of the ditch, to pull them out of the gutter of addictions and things like that that was destroying their life. And I just couldn't believe it. I watched it and I was just so moved because it was such a powerful story of God's amazing love and God's redemption and God never giving up. Even though, again, we may be praying for something and we may not see it in the right time frame, God's still moving. And so I responded out to my friend and I said, hey man, I said, first of all, what a powerful video. I said, what a powerful video, like I told you, of redemption. And I said, and I said, you know what? I said, I celebrate with you, you and your wife. I said, I can't imagine uh, walking through that dark valley. Uh, within that video, the, 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 the kid was even talking. And he's uh, a little bit older now, but the kid was talking about how he, how he would take, steal things out of his house and sell them for, for you know, like for money for drugs and, and things like that for his addictions. And, and I said, I can't imagine what you and your wife went through as parents seeing your son go through that and dealing with it. And, I, and I, I called it a dark valley. And I said at the end, I said, you know, I celebrate with you. I celebrate that, you, that, that someone would put that on, on Facebook to say, because all it does is bring God glory. Uh, it's showing the powerful, saving, redemptive power uh, and, and unconditional love of Jesus. And, I was, and um, so I, I texted or I emailed that to him and I got back a reply that said, man, thanks a lot. And he's, you know, kind of had some other things in there. And he said, to call it a dark valley is pretty, was, is, is pretty nice way of putting it because he said, it was a living hell. Some of you may be living in that right now. Some of us may be able to recall situations, it may not be about our son, it may not be about our kids, but it could be about something that we've been praying for God and we're anguishing. And truth be known, it's not just a dark valley. It's a living hell that we're going through. It's a place where everything seems so dark, where it seems like there's no answer, where it feels like our head is just beating up against the wall, and we cry out to God, and you cry out to God, and we cry out to God, and we don't get an answer. And it feels like God is just, it feels like our prayers are hitting the ceiling. Faith persists. Faith continues, continues keeping on. Faith continues pushing because it's not as if God's not answering. God is moving. He's moving. It's just we may not be able to see it at that time. And that's what faith does. Faith enables us to, to look and to see deep within that even though we may not be able to see things right now, even though you may not be able to see any movement or anything happening right now, there's something that's happening. God is moving. 
And faith continues. It trusts beyond answers. As the worship team comes back, we're going to spend a few moments uh, again just singing a song and just spending just a few more moments bringing God glory. But I pray that you would just reflect on these things. Being rooted in Christ produces this, this faith that goes beyond a superficial faith. It goes beyond comprehension. It goes beyond reason. It goes beyond logic. It goes beyond emotions. It goes beyond when we may not see certain things. It believes in what we may not see. It is staying tenacious. It's having the stamina to stay in there and know that God is in control, that God is going to move, that God is moving even though we may, we may not see it right now in our time. And I pray that each and every one of us would think about you know, where our faith is at, if our faith is that rooted in Christ, knowing that um, the presence of Christ is in us. Listen to what this last verse says. It says, faith comes from hearing the word of God. And I think that's so critical because you know, if you're not hearing the word of God and you're not reading the word of God and you're not spending time in the word of God, your faith is going to be tenuous at times. But our faith is deepened as we spend time with God, as we spend time with each other, as we spend time worshiping God, as we spend time, uh, you know, uh, just hearing the Word of God through reading it, through living it, through experiencing it, and uh, through other individuals. This deep-rooted faith living, staying rooted, it's, it develops this spiritual depth to our walk in Christ. Would you stand as I close with a word of prayer? Father, I, I, I just give you thanks for who you are. I give you thanks that, again, that we can be here today and that we can worship you and bring you glory. And I pray today that each of us would, think, would just celebrate and think about our faith in you. And, and, and Father, if there are, if, I pray that we would be open to the power of the Holy Spirit right now. For him to encourage us, for him to bring peace, for him to, to strengthen us, for him to challenge us, for him to just do his ministry. I pray that our hearts would be wide open and very receptive. I pray that the soils of our hearts uh, would allow the hearing of your word to fall uh, into fertile soil so that it can take root. And I pray that, Father, I pray that if there are those in here today that their faith is being challenged. Father, that you would just encourage them in a very powerful way that right now, this very moment, that you might just breathe into them. Father, that you might just touch them in, in a way that would just give them just enormous amounts of hope so they would leave here celebrating and so much more confident than maybe when they, perhaps when they walked in. And Father, I pray for those that have, that, that, that are, that are, that are, um, just have a strong faith in here this morning and they continue to demonstrate that they continue to live their lives rooted in you and allowing you to just you know drawing up in that 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 that, that nourishment that comes from living in christ from our position from our relationship with you i pray that you would continue to just encourage them and allow them to be an incredible encouragement to others around them that may not know you or may have a tenuous faith right now and so i just pray that you would just minister to us, challenge us, and I pray that we would respond the way you would want us to respond. 
And may all that we have done, said, experienced, encountered, thought, may it all have brought you glory here today. And it's in your powerful name that we pray these things.